Hello, everybody. Welcome back for another edition of Out of Bounds. As always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown. And joining me, we have Dalton Bishop. Hey. How's it going, Dalton? It's going well. How are you doing? I'm doing fine today. And it's been an interesting day because, you know, the news broke this morning, actually. That's how we begin the show. This morning, breaking news, Carson Wentz has been agreed in principle to a deal to get traded to the Indianapolis Colts. A deal that includes a third-round pick and a second-round um, second-round pick that has a possibility of being a first-round pick. There's conditions on it that if Wentz does meet them, it will become a first-round pick for the Eagles. So I, I'm not a big fan of Wentz personally, but he did have his best season under Frank Reich, who's the new head who is, used to be OC in Philadelphia, and now he's the head coach for the Colts. So. I think there's a possibility that we could see a bit of a reclamation project here in Indianapolis. In Indianapolis, we knew they were going to need a new quarterback after Rivers retired. And the team is really solid around him. So maybe and like maybe quarterback away, possibly, possibly. We'll see. So, I, I I like the trade, but I'm not a big Wentz guy, personally. And Philly, you know, they weren't going to get much, I think, because, you know, it is a big salary, it is a big cap hit. But I mean, we'll see how this deal works out. And the Colts, you know, if Wentz struggles, you know, they can go get a new quarterback in the next year's draft or whatever. We'll have to see, wait and see. Uh, Dolan, how do you uh, – what's your reaction when you saw the news of the trade this morning? Um, I like it. I definitely – we definitely we definitely saw it coming because obviously the connection there with Frank Wright and Carson Wentz. Um. I mean, I think I think that he'll have a good year next year because the offensive line in Indy is so much better. Um, they actually have a running game, weapons, so on and so forth, and a good defense. Last year, the Eagles, they, they tried to go out and get Darius Slay, and it helped them for a little bit, but there was just so many other holes. Like, they didn't have anybody to throw to. Everybody was injured and so on and so forth, so – you know, I mean, I, I, like as long as you protect Carson Wentz, he should be able to do fine. My only thing is that if the Colts don't protect him very well, like if something breaks down, then is he going to be able to do like he's done before and get out of those tight spaces? Because he's been injured so many times. He's had back injuries and – ACL, MCL, all the CLs. I don't know. I can't remember. But yeah, that's my that's my only concern is the is uh, the injury bug. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, Philly last year the old line was, I mean, point blank, it was terrible. He led. He was the most sacked quarterback in the league last year. He didn't even play all sixteen because he ended up getting benched. He also threw the most interceptions last year, which. I mean, you. I need to go back and look at the tape if I really was interested to see like how many of the interceptions. Like, hey, it's his fault. Or if it's tipped, or if he like—I mean, again, there's a lot that goes into throwing an interception. So it's not to say all of them was solely on him, but he did lead the league in interceptions and didn't even play all the games. So, and an interesting note that I saw earlier today is from NFL on CBS's Twitter account. Uh, 2015 number one overall picks last uh, that year was Jameis Winston, and Marcus Mariota, who last year spent their season as a backup. 2016, you had Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, who. Both teams, the Rams and the Eagles, trade up to get to the one pick in that year's draft class. They get the guy. He does 
pretty well the first three years. They give him a max con, max, uh, not max, but they give him a huge contract extension to him. And then the guys get traded away before they even see that contract extension. I mean, I think it's part of it is because if you think you have the quarterback, you want to lock him up long term. You go sign him immediately when they're eligible to get it. But it's it's interesting that those two drafts, like those guys were the face of the draft coming out. And then to see them, not even like four or five years later, not even, they're like out of their former team. They're on a different team now. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they overvalued those. Maybe like hindsight, it looked like a pretty weak class compared to other classes. I mean, hindsight 2020, but like, I mean, don't you remember those classes? Like, those guys were hot. Uh, hailed as the next guy, like the potential face of the franchise. Like, I mean, yeah. What, like, how do you? What do you make of that? Uh, things happen. I mean, that's why. That's why you know we have those guys who are taken in, like the very middle to like the uh, the middle rounds. But you find more people from the middle rounds and undrafted. Like, you think about all the Hall of Famers that have come through. Um, I guarantee you that there's, like, maybe 25% of them are first-round picks. Like, do you find more guys in the later first round? Later first round and um, then just, like, the second, third round, fourth round, fifth round. Um and also it proves with these top picks that we just – some teams don't have a keen eye for, should I say, franchise QB talent? I, I think guess. that's just I – mean, I mean, Also, a draft, the draft's an inexact science. It, uh, right. And people want to make it out to be like, you know, we have these experts and they're supposed to help the GMs and owners make the right picks. That That's – it's all, it's all, it's all bull jive, and it's all for views, and um, they've turned it into. It's no longer a draft where teams actually do it like they used to do it back in the seventies and the eighties, and so on, and earlier than that. But um, now it's just people want to give their opinion, and um, yeah, it's just a whole another thing. It's way different, way different, obviously. Hmm. Um, some other news that came out, I think about last Friday, I believe this is when it came out, is uh, the Pouncey twins, Marquise and Maurice Pouncey, have announced the retirement from the NFL. And I kind of like that they went out like together and on their own terms, you know. It's not like they were like battling like nagging injuries. So I was kind of glad to see them going out on their own terms. And I mean, obviously, you know. Uh, Marquise Pouncey, who's with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, outside of that, that final game, that one really bad snap. It he was a three-time Pro Bowler in his career, two-time second-team All-Pro. He was a staple of that Pittsburgh offensive line for the last decade. And, I mean, it's a big blow to them. Yeah, his brother Mike Pouncey, um, four-time Pro Bowler in his career, spent time in Miami and uh, L.A. with the Chargers there. Both of them were picked in the uh, first round. And, uh, Marquise was the year 2010. Mike was 2011. Uh, I mean, Dalton, anything you have to add about that I haven't said yet? Um, I think I think that those two, those two uh, brothers, 
they were they were crucial to their teams for years. They were outstanding um, centers. Uh, best of luck for retirement. Um, I know they'll probably enjoy it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing whatever you know whatever they decide because you know they have been. They were really good. And another really good player, this one I know for a fact was on Friday, uh, J.J. Watt, who three-time uh, defensive player of the year in the NFL. He has had a lot of injuries. He asked for and was granted his release from the Houston Texans. It was a pretty mutual decision. You know, I don't know what his salary, his cap it was going to be. And, I mean, J.J., he was the heart and soul of Houston for his whole career so far. It's unfortunate, but I mean, a movie kind of all saw coming because you know he's 31. Who knows how much longer he has left in the NFL? Uh, I think it's the right move for both sides. You know, Houston. That I mean, they have they're going in a whole new regime now with uh, Cully and company. And you know what? Maybe he can uh, try to latch on. Maybe he'll take. I think we, we may see, given like the salary cap, and we'll get to that in a second. The salary cap. It seems like a one-year deal, kind of like I don't know what the range would be. Maybe, I think it seems like a one-year deal, and then hitting frequency again next year, when you think the cap would be exponentially higher than this past year. But I mean, anyone that's followed the NFL, you watch the any Texas game, because any Texas game because he was battling injuries for uh, like 2016, only played three games, 2017, five games. Uh, 2019, he played eight. This past year, he played all 16, luckily, and two years before that. But there's a lot of wear and tear on him. So, again, I'm hoping that he gets to go. And he'll probably – he's going to sign for the team that he deems to be a contender for the Super Bowl because, you know, he's – no one knows how much longer he has. But, you, I mean, it's safe – it's better safe to assume that he doesn't have as many years as he had before. I mean, Dawn, anything else you'd add about – just your thoughts on J.J. Watt and his whole release from Houston. Um, I think it was good for both sides. J.J. obviously didn't want to be there. And I thought that um, they sh- like he should have – like I think I think now it's just he needs to go to a team that can win a title. Um, and so I think – I think, you know, contenders are going to be looking for it, looking to get him on the cheap. Um. I think, I think that he will end up going to a contender, and obviously, I think uh, he will end up winning a title before he retires. Hopefully, as for the Texans, um, it seems to me like they're in rebuild mode, um, and will be for a little bit. That whole Deshaun Watson situation. Hopefully, get that gets figured out sometime soon. It's not a pretty situation. Yeah, it's not. It's not been good. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, though I don't, want spend, yeah, I don't want to spend too much time speculating on where he lands, but I think that the two teams that like seem like a natural fit for him is uh, Pittsburgh, because you know his brothers both play in Pittsburgh. Maybe mm-hmm. he wants to be in a family dynamic. And then possibly the Packers, because you know he is a Wisconsin. He went to Wisconsin for college. He grew up in Wisconsin. So is he going to go to go hometown or home state? You know, I mean, we'll have to see. But those are two teams, at least right now, that I think have like make the most sense. I can also see 
maybe if he wants to jump on the bandwagon, go to Tampa, Florida. You know, the defending champs there. I mean, especially you know Tampa Bay loses Shaq Barrett because he's he's such a hit for agency right now. Yeah. So I mean, any other names that you think jump out that you as possible JJ Watt? I, mean, I think I think I think that you covered them all. I don't think obviously I don't think as far as our teams are concerned, I don't think the Patriots or the Rams are going to go after him. Yeah, and the Patriots, he's, we're not in continuing mode for him to want to go over there at this point. Um, like, I think, I think those are probably the prime teams. Um, actually, well, I was thinking Seattle, but they just got Carlos Dunlap, and I'm not sure what their cap situation is. Um, they need a little bit more than pass rushing, I would say. Um. Yeah, I think I think those are probably the top three teams, just because JJ's age and how much he's accomplished so far in his career, with the uh, exclusion of a title. So another team that I'm just like I'm just searching JJ Watt and maybe the the Bills is what the first thing that pops up. Bills, is, like, the that, Bills be. I would I would actually like that move. I would like that. Yeah, I'd hate as a Patriots fan, but I love it as an NFL fan. Um, JJ Watt to the Chiefs. Oh, that would be. I mean, that that made. I mean, he had good defense that's got shredded. But I mean, yeah, I, but yeah, also. I think the Super Bowl is more their offense couldn't get anything going than their lack of defense this time around. But they have not really had a good defense in the past. But I think, but I think, yeah, I was gonna say like another thing too is they don't really. They need. I mean, I, at least I think I think that they need better corners. Yeah, and you know Watt plays DN, so that's not. Yeah, I mean, okay, we we discuss this a lot more going forward. There's a lot more in the offseason. The offseason isn't even officially started yet because you know it doesn't start till like, March 17th when the new league year is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, other uh, NFL. One last bit of NFL news before we go on the N- NBA. Uh, they announced today. Let me pull up the official uh, memo. I'm not going to read the memo word for word. But the NFL informed in the memo today that the salary cap will be a minimum $180 million. That is up $5 million. The previous thing was this going to be a minimum $175 million. This is not the official number yet. It is just the minimum that it will be. I, I mean, I'm not going to say I expect, but you know, I'm, I'm really – because I don't know much. I don't know like the whole financial situation with the NFL. We probably won't. I mean, what I've heard, we won't know until probably the day before. Maybe I've heard even hours before the league year starts. I think it'll go up at least a couple million. I mean, one way or I mean, it's gonna go like one eight two, one eight three, probably even maybe even more. Uh, that's a good thing for the NFL, especially if you're a player, because you know there's gonna be a lot of teams in cap crunch this year because of it taking a dip from all of COVID, no fans, limited fans, whatever, where have you. So any bit more money that the teams have to spend is a good news for pending free agents. And I've heard from just following different circles in the NFL, listening to reports, you might see, like I said with J.J. Watt earlier, you might see guys taking like a one-year, kind of a smaller deal than what their market would generally be just to take that like one year and then hit free agency next year when you would expect it to be higher. I mean, Don, anything you want to add on that front? No, I think I think I think you're probably about to hit it on the nail, Smith. I think you're about to hit it all right on the head. And 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we have more more of these more of these one year deals just because of the whole situation that we're going through, you know. And um, I think we're gonna really see uh, players use their humility uh, this year and put money aside um, just so that they can play on continue uh, play on these contenders uh, for these cheap deals and. I think I think it should be fun. It should be interesting. Yeah. Now, on to the NBA. Uh, there was a couple of news. These both broke Monday, if I'm not mistaken. It was like within hours of each other. Yeah, I'm just gonna lump them together a bit. Andre Drummond from the Cavaliers and Blake Griffin from the Detroit Pistons have both been uh, benched for. I mean, that's what the reports were. They've been benched while the team. Uh, decides what to move forward because I mean obviously I guess long term plan they don't see Drummond in Cleveland or Blake in uh, Detroit they don't see him as a long term fit so you know they're processing trade rumors with these guys I heard Blake could be a possible buyout candidate so it's a wait and see game it I don't know I was a player and I get that like the rumors can be like detracting and maybe like cloud up your like judgment and maybe cause you to not perform well but I don't like to be on the the court you know showing my word to a prospective team that may want to trade for me like hey I still got it and you know they they have played this year so far but I I don't know the right answer I'm not NFL I'm not NBA head coach I'm not NBA GM or whatever but it's just kind of fascinating that these guys who they're not what they once were but they're still pretty good players to have on your roster. And I think some team is going to take a chance on them just because of, you know, the lack of big men on some teams or like you need a guy to go get rebounds. These guys could do it. I mean, I don't, I'll let you speak now on that subject. Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin. Mm. Very interesting. Um, the Cavs or the Pistons? Oh, my Hey, and uh, that's a whole teammates together in Detroit for a bit. It's a, oh my, that's a that's a that's a that's a whole thing, man. I don't know about that. I really don't. Um, I don't know. Honestly, if I was Blake Griffin, I just I just request to trade somewhere else. If I was Andre Drummond, I'd do the same thing. I mean, Andre Drummond's a double double machine, and uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I think I think they should they should just leave. I mean, go to Go to, take, well, they're under contract right now, so they can't just leave. Well, I mean, like, ask for a trade. We're damn it, like they're doing. They're cycling through it while demand it, demand a trade. Like, I mean, talk to your agent, have your agent work some, pull some strings. I don't kind of I mean, I don't know if I was them, I'd want, I'd want to get out of there. I'm looking this up right now. Blake's been in Detroit since 2018. I don't know how long I thought he was in Detroit, but I didn't think it was now three years. But, I mean, I guess is what happened. Yeah. I swear that Drummond trade last year was traded, I mean, at the deadline, you know, right before. So, he only played a few games. He has eight games before COVID hit last year. Uh, so, I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess long term, you don't see them as your fit. Another uh, big man that's rumored to be getting traded soon, and we'll have to wait and see, is Hawks forward John Collins, who – He's in the Fallen Weaver's rookie deal. He declined a mass extension. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I heard he's set to hit restricted free agency this offseason. Uh, Collins has been really good for the Hawks so far in his career. 
Uh, last year averaged 21.6 points a game, 10 boards, double-double machine. It causes very young. The only caveat is if you trade for him, will he re-sign with you? So, like, if even if you do trade, do you give up a lot to get him? Because, you know, we don't know where he's going to sign. But if he hits free agency this year, he, he will be sought after by almost every single team out there. Because he, he, he's young. He's only 23 right now. And he's he's got a lot of potential. That I mean, that goes that goes very far in the NBA. Don't anything you get to add on the John Collins front from your end? Yeah, I mean he's a, he's a he's a great player, and uh, whoever 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 gets him, we're gonna have to pay a hefty hefty price. I'm looking at his uh, stat line. He he dropped 20 points uh, yesterday against my Celtics. It was kind of frustrating to watch. That game. Dang, okay. Yeah, he's got he's this year is eighteen point two points, seven point six boards. He he'll get traded somewhere. He he's got I mean, I don't know. I think Atlanta might just rock with him. But Atlanta has struggled mightily so far this year. And then uh also last night, speaking of that, there was some big news in uh, major league baseball from yesterday. And it's a very sad news. Unfortunately, Tim Tebow has retired from Major League Baseball. Okay, that's not the big news I have. The big news was uh, the Padres extending uh, Fernand Tatis Jr., a massive 14-year, $340 million deal. He is 22 years old, and he hasn't even hit arbitration yet, which if you're not familiar with baseball, the team basically controls you for your first six years at the Major League level. Because you get three years under standard contract, and then you get arbitration for the next three. They they obviously see Tatis as the face of that franchise for years to come. So they're doling out the money to land this guy, and they're also paying Manny Machado too for I don't know ten more years. I got to double check that. Uh, it's a great move if you're Tatis, but maybe not because he's 22, so he's stuck there. I guess it's also a great move if you're the Padres because you know you locked up your base of the franchise and for what I heard there's a no trade clause attached to this contract so I'm glad both sides were that deal because you know the Padres they were to make the playoffs last year I'll be under 18 format they got a lot of potential to be I think they would be a wild card team this year I think the Dodgers still the face of that division but if the Dodgers ever see a decline in talent anytime soon Padres are gonna be right there to scoop up and go take that division. Don, anything you want to say about that news about Toddy's extension? Oh, I think it's. Whew. I mean, I saw, I saw it, and I was, my eyes about lit up. I was. That's a one heck of a contract, man. I, that's crazy. Um, but hey, well deserved. Uh, Padres are a good team. I agree with you on that, Spence. Yeah, you want to hear something interesting that I saw uh, today? Sure. Okay, so you know uh, the Bobby Bonilla situation with the New York Mets? Not familiar, but go okay, ahead. So he like played in the late 90s, early 2000s. They bought out his contract. We owed $6 million or so. But I guess it was like a financial situation with the Mets. So they deferred the payments until 2010 or so. And mm. was like, okay, give me a million dollars with X amount of interest every July 1st for 25 years. So the Mets have been paying him a million and change for the last decade or so. Bobby Bonilla still has 15 years left on that deal. 
and he's 57 years old right now. This Toddy still is 14 years, and he's 22. So when this current deal that Toddy signed is over, the Mets will still have one year left to pay him Bob Benilla. Dang, okay. Who hasn't played baseball for anyone in 20-plus years or 20-something years. And that is, July 1st is a great day for sports just because you get to see – Oh, uh, everyone just say like, "Oh, Bobby Benilla, I know who he is." Like, yeah, you just know because the whole uh, oh, yeah. thing what happened there. It's a crazy situation. Uh, I do want to touch real briefly, since I did mention it, is Tim Tebow retiring from baseball. Um, me and you and our good friend Casey actually had the fortune uh, about two years ago when he was playing with the Mets AAA team in Syracuse. They came down to a game at Slugger Field with the bats and. We were able to see him play in person. So, I mean, he didn't do well in that game necessarily, but, you know, it was still – we saw Tim Tebow play at least one minor league baseball game. And it's unfortunate, man. You know, it wasn't going the way he, he thought it would be. He's also in his 30s. He's worked on ESPN covering the SEC for a few years now. So, I guess you just go full-time at that. It's very unfortunate, but – I mean, do anything you want to add? Because we we did see Tim Tebow play a few years ago. We did, we did, and um, I mean, he was he was great. Glad that I saw him in person. Um, but I always did like him as a more of a more of a football player, and also like a TV analyst as opposed to a baseball player. I don't know. That's just I feel like I feel like he was better suited to be. An analyst, just his personality and sorts. I mean, um, his, I mean, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't need, I don't know Tebow honestly, uh, closely. Uh, but my thing is, he probably should have retired earlier because he's such, he has such a long career ahead in, in TV. I mean, again, I was a huge Tebow fan when he was in Denver, which is kind of weird looking back because, you know, when Peyton went to Denver, I started not liking Denver. But I was always a big Tebow fan uh, growing up. I mean, just because, you know, he just says uh, his passion for you – know, he's, very, he's very religious, which that stood up to yeah. me at that time. And then, like, when he was in Denver, they were – like, the fourth quarter comebacks like seemed like week after week there. Unfortunately, like, you know, he, he his arm was not what it was in college. And, you know, he wasn't going to – some people think there's a possibility he goes to Jacksonville because you know former college coach Urban Meyer's there. I'm like, I'm gonna put that to rest. I don't think that's gonna happen at all. Oh my I'll gosh! Be surprised if it, I'll be happily surprised if it does happen, but at least not as a player. Maybe in a coaching role. I mean, I don't maybe too, but yeah. And I think since he was obviously a quarterback, he'd be on the uh, on the offensive side. So anyway. Uh... So that's all I have for the professional sports news. I do I do have a few college news and notes that I do want to discuss with you. But uh, before that, we'll take a quick ad break. We'll be back in a second. Welcome back from our ad break. And uh, on to the college section of the show. There was actually a surprising news in uh, college football. I did not really plan on it, talking about them at this stage of the uh, year. But because college basketball is heating up soon, so... I do have a few basketball notes, but college football first. Uh, Central Florida is going after, and they have hired former Auburn coach Gus Malzahn, who we discussed when he got released from Auburn, the whole deal there. Uh, UCF, I think, made a great hire here. I mean, given the, the circumstances at the time, 
what happened. Gus was the best. Uh, he's the best team available. He hasn't been the in a uh, championship in a while, but he, you know, he was successful his first year at Auburn. They made the title game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were in the Peach Bowl in 2017, ironically losing to Central Florida the year Central Florida went undefeated and they claimed a national championship that year. Who would have thought that that's your next or not your next coach? Because Scott Frost was still there at the time. But who would have thought Gus would be coaching Central Florida now? Uh, he's he's got a lot of pedigree that you know you can't overlook as a college football guy. And I possibly have an upgrade over Jeff uh, Josh Hupel, who's at Tennessee now. I'm that's another discussion for another day. But I'm a big fan of this hire and. UCF is going to they have success, obviously, in college football. And it's only going to be more success from here, I think, with Gus. Dalton, what's your uh, takeaway from that? It was a good hire. Good hire. Um, we should expect Central Florida to have a great recruiting class and be a very good team for years to come. I mean, yeah, because, you know, Gus is in the SEC. He's probably recruited Florida because, you know, Florida is in the SEC. So, in that whole southern region, I think Gus probably knows his thing. But also, I don't I don't know about you, but I don't see Gus staying there longer. I'm going to put three years right now is what I'm going to call it. I think Gus, because, you know, he was in the SEC. I think he's probably itching to get back there sometime. He actually went to Arkansas. I'm looking at his uh, bio right now. So he coached Arkansas State for one year before he went to Auburn. I think I don't know if he'll be an SEC coach again, but I do see him getting back into a uh, big time college gig in a in a couple of years. Which I hate to like overlook that right now, but and project that far in advance. But you know, I mean, how long do you think Gus stays at UCF? Um. Well, uh, we really think about it. He's going to a lesser conference, which in turn, if he brings the same energy in recruiting, it should be he should have more success. Um, with that more success, he contends. Well, I don't know if he contends for a national championship because it's, it's UCF. Like they're not gonna. Like the I mean, committee isn't going title. to put that kind of team in yeah. the final four, which is it's stupid in my opinion, but that's another it, it conversation definitely. for another day. Um yeah. I give him out I give him out four years. Okay. I'm I give him out four years. I didn't know this. I'm looking this up right now. Uh the athletic director for Central Florida is uh Terry, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but I think it's Mohajer. M O H A J I R. He was the AD at Arkansas State in 2012 when Gus Malzahn was their football coach in 2012. And there's the connection. There's the connection. I mean, yeah. also, Gus probably for I mean, said for I think any general would have looked for him. But there is, I guess, you know, when you have that familiarity there, yeah, you're tend to go after that. Spence, that's all sports hires are about. It's about connections. There it is. I was wondering. I was wondering who it was. I saw. I saw that you all were talking about. It. I was like, I wonder how he got that job. There. Yep. Now we know. Well, there's also the I think the only vacancy right now, and I mean, I don't know who else you hired at this stage, unless you want to go get uh, some ex NFL coach. Yeah. And 
Another, on to a college basketball the front, there's uh, nothing new. There's still two undefeated teams, uh, Gonzaga and Baylor, who I guess just because I haven't paid much attention to college basketball, I didn't realize Gonzaga has not played a game in three weeks. Uh, they're scheduled to play again this weekend, so hopefully they do because I haven't watched much of them, but you know they're undefeated, so I do want to watch Baylor play again. Uh, anyway, on coaching front, uh, Jim Christian was the head coach of Boston College. I'd say he was because – they announced that he has been fired from that job. He was three and thirteen this year. And if you look at his resume, like last year was thirteen and nineteen. Year before that, fourteen and seventeen. Nineteen sixty and nineteen first round loss. He's only been to the postseason one time in his uh, six completed years. I mean, if you take out last year, we'll go five years. Then the last year they didn't have one, even though the team was bad. They wouldn't have made it anyway, probably. He's been to one nit. He has not been that successful, and he has numerous like last place finish in the conferences. Which I mean, again, what I don't know what the state of the program was when he inherited it, but he has not been a good. I don't know. I want to say I don't know if he's necessarily the fit because you know he has because of Ohio beforehand, uh, and Kent State. He was so I guess in the MAC. He's a, he's a good coach in the MAC, but then he's not really good anywhere else. It seems so. I don't know where Jim Christian goes. I don't know who Boston College goes after. But it is an ACC school. You got the Northeast. I mean, Boston's a big sports time, and you know, college is not what they care most about up in Boston. So I think Boston College can make a really good hire if they play their cards right, this coaching search. But the timing's really weird to me. I don't know how you feel, Dolan, about this. It's like there's only a, a couple of weeks left of the season. Like, I don't know why you don't let them finish season out. I guess if you, like, you know he's not the guy, you want to get rid of him now. But to me, I think you don't. I mean, maybe gives him a head start in the recruiting circle. I mean, I don't know. Dalton, what's your thoughts on like that? Just releasing a coach a few weeks left in the season. Releasing a coach a few weeks left in the season? Fired. They fired, and there's still a few weeks left in their season. I mean, I don't know if they were going. They weren't going anywhere. They're 3-13 right now for what it's worth. But just your thoughts on them firing the coach with a few weeks left in the season? I mean, he was just getting rid of them just because they had – I mean, obviously, he doesn't need to be there anymore, so why would they – bother keeping him for the remainder of the season if they're not going to make it to the postseason. I mean, that's true. I mean, like, yeah, but... think about it. I mean, like, think about it like this. If you have, let's see, say you have, say you're running a company and your manager has done such a terrible job for the entire year and you know that eventually you're going to have to go out and hire another one. Like, is the service is bad. Like, the company is just taking a down. Like, it's just down. Yeah. I mean, I get what are you going to do? Are you just going to keep them? Are you going to keep them until no, no, that I'm process still, comes? Like, no, you're going to let them go. Yeah. I mean, I guess you get rid of it right now. Maybe the interim something. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. There's not really any names. I got to like, look more into like college basketball. But, I mean, I don't know. That job, it's not like super attractive, but it is an ACC job. So I feel like. They can go get someone big. I mean, you getting the same vibe that I'm getting with that? Yeah, I'm getting the exact same vibe. It's like, I don't know who else is going to be. I, mean, I don't know if there's any other big-time colleges that are going to be moving on, especially if you're like this weird pandemic year. Unless you're like, again, 3-13 and 13 was their record, so it's not really surprising. Not at and, all. Yeah, not at all. Uh, last information I want to discuss with you, uh, Jalen Johnson from Duke. He was a five-star freshman, and 
he just completely – the word he used, opt out, I've heard some people criticize him. He's like, no, you're basically quitting on your job. Like right now, he's not paid. He's a he's a college athlete who is not getting paid because he's a student, and they're not allowed to get paid. So I don't fault him one bit because you know Duke seems to be going nowhere this year. He, you can see, he was displeased with his playing time lately because he apparently has fallen out of rotation there at Duke. I think Duke this this year, Duke was just a cluster of a season. They're not. It's not their best season. It's probably their worst under Coach K in a long time. Uh, and I don't. He's gonna be. I don't know where he's projected. I've looked at many mocks, but he'll. He'll. I'm gonna say he's a first round pick, probably. I'll say that if he's a first round guy, and you know that like there's no point in. And I seem like I'm being different with the player that I'm the coach, and I, to a degree I am. You gotta do his best for your future, and you know he's gonna be making multiple multiple millions of dollars in the NBA more than likely, because you know he was a Harold recruit. So, I don't fall in one bit. I mean, I think the timing, again, is a little weird. And you can say he quit on them, but, again, he's not getting paid. So, he's really, other than the the academic scholarship or athletic scholarship, we got to go to school there. It doesn't phase me one bit, honestly. I mean, I don't know. Do you feel any differently on that, Dalton? No, I'm pretty much in the same boat as you, Spence. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with his career with Duke this year. I mean, I just wish they were this bad in the beginning of the season when they played Bellarmine. That's all I'm going to say there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that wraps us up for today. I feel, it's going to be a short shot. I feel like the next few weeks, you know, it might be uh, a little shorter than what you were used to because, you know, the NFL we had, like, we were previewing games and whatnot. We might ask them with the uh, NBA like key games with the postseason grind gets like heating up. We might add that. I know for March Madness, we're going to preview. I don't know if every, like the first round, if we're going to do every weekend, every single game. But like definitely like the Sweet 16 games, we'll preview those. And then the, like, the Final Four, we'll preview those. Like, because that would be the week, because, you know, they have the week tournament. So like, you're right. Days. We'll have to see with that. But, you know, we still, uh, we're not going anywhere, obviously. Um, Thanks again for tuning in for another episode of Out of Bounds. I'm Spencer Brown. I'm Dalton Bishop. So thank you for tuning in and enjoy the rest of your day.